talking with words. Welcome back to Talking with Words. You're here with Rob, Ryan, and David. And we are going to do a threequel. This is our first one of those as well with Hell House 3. What is this one called? The Lake of Fire. The Lake of Fire. It's like my Uncle Steven's rectum. If you've followed the other Hell House podcasts, you know basically what this is about. It's a haunted hotel. But here's a summary for you, just in case you missed them. The Abaddon Hotel will once again be open to the public. Russell Wynn has taken his audience interactive show, Insomnia, into the abandoned hotel that is rumored to be haunted. Sally, would you like to do the parents' guide? Mm-hmm. Parents' guide. That is where we would normally add Sally's guide, but there's not one. And I am in an airport working, so we're just going to skip that section and move right along. yippity dabbity Anything else you guys want to add before we, we, we dip into this and listen to the piano music again? Yeah, if you, for some unexplainable reason, have not listened to our podcasts about the first two, here's a quick recap. In the first movie, bad things happened. In the second movie, more bad things happened. In this movie, we're going to find out what happens. I got a feeling this one's going to turn out real good for everybody. They're going to go in. They're going to stay the night. They're going to have mints on their pillows. I mean, I, I think everyone's going to be holding hands and seeing Kumbaya by the end of the movie. There will not be one drop of blood. Not one. Maybe some Is that gushes. a code for praise Satan? Oh. <laughs> we can play it backwards later. <laughs> uh, all right, let's watch this film. That was Hell House 3, the, uh, oh, God, Ring of Fire, right? Lake of Fire. Lake of Fire. Lake of Ring of Fire, Fire, Fire. Johnny Cash. Yeah, and buttholes. So, Especially after wing night. Oh, God, yes. Or maybe even flying burrito sometimes. Touche. David, your toilet and I have become well acquainted. <laughs> um, I don't like that intro. Good for you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Guess I'll so, have to clean it again. Oh no, it's it's definitely <laughs> never may, mind. You may have to replace <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna throw that one out. Okay. This is nine years after the original, one year after the second. Essentially when I asked the question and you guys didn't really answer me, and now I know why, the interview ease that start the show are all post documentary. Is that right? Yes. The host of Morning Mysteries, the new host. Yeah. Like they're, they're talking and we have our fancy beard man. Yeah. Right. That's all post the documentary that the movie is, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's all like current day. That's yeah. right. Okay. So this guy, Russell Wynn, who is a eccentric billionaire with a ever progressing scar on his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> decides to redo Hell House and make it into his interactive play under the umbrella of uh, what's it insomnia insomnia yes and just based on a on a real um, play sleep no more it's done in New York I believe is what insomnia is it, it, that's what it's based on okay I remember reading about it a while back so I don't remember much but uh, it looked pretty cool 
Like it's I think it's one of those things where like in in the movie people wear masks and they follow along as the play is being enacted. Yeah, I like that part. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit. Jumping way ahead here. Yeah, they they pretty much and jump in at any time here. They, they don't do the time jumping a lot like the other two did, especially the second one. The second one was all over the place. But they did a ton of flashbacks where they were going footage. through parts of the house and they would flash, you know, a second or three of footage from one or two or which I thought was weird at first. But at the end, you're like, oh, that, that's why. So that was one of my favorite parts of three. Just because it it flashed back to a lot of the classic scenes from one and two. Right. A revisit of like the clown and the winery and the bar, which they yeah. redid yeah. a lot of it. And they introduced Heaven, which as soon as they did that, I was like, okay, so this is different. Something's going to be different this time around. It's not going to be the same. Everyone yeah, dies from Tully. I think as long as you're listening to things, they brought back like the, the cool things. Um, you know, you said they, uh, you know, the bar, the wine area. There was room 2C. There was also, and I think the, it's a different room, the, the room where, yeah, it is a different room. Yeah. Where everyone hid in the second one. That was a, and, right, right. and where the girl um, was sitting against the wall in the first one, that same room, and he's yeah. hiding under the covers. The second, well, actually, the first two's best jump scares were in that room. Yes. Because he had the little creeper hanging around the door of the second one, which uh, still yeah. gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. The attic. Uh, it did, did feel yeah. like Uncle Steven's always watching. Indeed. <laughs> um, well, I guess they, I mean, because it's the same place. So they used it all. They just changed it up enough that it wasn't a carbon copy like the second one was. And they changed, like, the dining room where we saw the main actor, Gregory, after his quote-unquote conversation with Sarah. Yes. Stuff like that. When it starts, we have the morning mysteries gal go in and essentially say, hey, everyone, take these camcorders because how are you going to do a found footage film without a whole bunch of camcorders laying around? Yep. And gives everybody one. That's kind of where we, we kick it off. Yeah, and I do want to point out, you know, before we get too far into this, that they also brought back one of the greatest elements of both of the first two films. And it is the character of Robert Lyons, played by Theodore Bulikos. I, I probably mispronounced his name. And he's the guy who's basically the... So for the documentary within the movie, he oh. is basically <laughs> that documentary's version of the guy with crazy hair that's always on ancient aliens. Yeah. He's, he's really excited. He's re- he's incredibly knowledgeable about all of this stuff. Um, you know, he kind of sets you up for every little reveal. Um, it's, uh, he's probably my favorite character from the entire the whole series. <laughs> yeah. The, the whole series, because he's just great. I, I don't know. He, he looks like Ron Howard's slightly drunk, more eccentric brother. Because he's got, like, the mustache that's kind of grown out, but it's not quite curled up, and he's got he's a little rough. But every time he talks, he'll, well, and then, what do you think happened from there? And he would just have that kind of leading exactly. goofiness. I, I really, I want to hang out with that guy and just let him talk about things. I like your idea of get him on the podcast. Yeah, let's get him on the show. Me too. Uh, another thing from the beginning, which they did the exact same thing as in the second one, is... They, for some reason, always just go up and touch that one handcuff thing hanging from the ceiling of the basement. Uh, the second one, they went up and kind of jiggled it and were like, hey, yeah. And this time, that she just was like, oh, yeah, look. Well, let's be fair. If you walked into any room and there was a like a set of shackles hanging from the ceiling, would you not just go up and touch it? Like, it's human nature. 
I'd want to talk shop. <laughs> okay. Ryan. <laughs> who's your who's your shackle guy? Where'd you get this chain? <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's it's kinda like, you know, if you um you, know, you, t- you take out the uh, like tongs if you're grilling or something. You're always going to yeah. tap them a couple of times. It's just one yeah, of those things you do. You got to get two them. test yeah. clicks. Yeah. So you, yeah. like with the manacles, you're testing like, oh, these look like they swing, but do they actually swing? I'm going to touch <laughs> them and find out. Just in case I'm ever in, in them, how loose are they? Yeah, exactly. Is there lotion? <laughs> just me. Anyway, they they get in and they it took takes them a little while to get to win, and he's got his own little posse with his um, COO and his. Uh, the guy, the director? Uh, no, he was like the honey, yeah. honey, sweetheart, whatever he, they kept calling yeah. each other. He was, well, he made, they were, I think he, he wasn't, so I think the, the guy's the C, COO is the COO I, of like the whole Wayne Media Group. Yeah, he had the, the Wayne Media Group sh- uh, jacket yeah. on the whole time. Right. Oh yeah, he was, he was representing. So sure. he was, I I think but, his sweetie, what was that guy, Harvey maybe? That, yeah. Yeah, Harvey. I think he was like the director slash operations manager for he was like this the, production. Like the staff coordinator. He, yeah. yeah. Because he, he's on the he, monitor. Yeah, he had the uh, the greatest quote of the movie. Which was? was it? This is the least fun project I've ever worked on. And I did a, and I did children's theater in Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> yes. Yep, I wrote that one down too. <laughs> Fantastic. And then before we actually get into, well, we, I mean, the actual show that they do in the movies fairly short a lot of lead up to it and a lot of setting up that final section i guess uh yeah the the, the reckoning but oh. they explain the latin on the wall which i asked about when we watched two yes yeah. you guys are real cagey uh it says the gate is open we told you they would explain it in you did. three you did indeed um you had the priest package arrive which we never got to see what it was did we did we ever see uh, it? I think it was the holy cloth he was wearing when he battled Tully at the end. Oh, was he wearing something different? Uh, he had something dangling that appeared to be a scarf, but oh, now yes. that you mentioned that, it stole. Would, I don't know Is that, that what it's called. I don't know. Stole. I think I think that's the right term. I originally thought like holy water or something, so that makes sense that he would have a holy relic yeah. to wear to fight. It's shit. It, totally a guess. Anyway, something was in there. They they kind of buffed that one, I thought, because I figured at the end you'd have the golden gun moment where they pulled it out and, ah, I'll fight you. Which I'm glad they didn't pull that off forever like they did the second one. They just kind of let it let it go. Yes. As they're going through in uh, the basic tour piece, we see the cl- three clowns and no. we see the two clowns. We see two Sorry. clowns. You're right. Bloody Eye Clown is not there. My favorite clown. And we also have the... Oh, they kept doing the shutter thing, like you were saying, with the flashbacks. Yeah. There's the first one. I was like, oh, Jesus, what was that? But they were just flashing back to other stuff that happened. A clown. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, the horrible things that happened in the other two movies. And then from there is the bonfire scene, I believe. Is there something else I'm missing? Other than they uh, explain that he has um, wind, wine. In, so in. There, we're seeing some of those flashbacks. Um, they're talking about the... The first night when they're like, you guys are staying, like they were, they were still hanging out one night, and that's when they pulled one of the clowns from the basement. Not your favorite clown, but one of the other clowns. Oh yeah, and scared, scared uh, Jane to set up that there are pranks going on. Right, could have been a prank. 
and that you know play, playing the clowns off as just harmless props left over from Hell House from the first one. And, and then, they also mentioned the Abaddon eyes, right? And um, uh, so probably, but probably the first before they even get to that, the uh, the first sign of actual creepiness is when Vanessa, who is the the host of the show, when she is walking through the heaven set, she stops and she turns because she thinks she sees something. That's when they throw out that term, um, Abaddon eyes. Abaddon eyes, yeah. And we never see what she thinks she sees, but when he comes in her hotel room later, he's like, hey, the camera caught this, yeah. and it was and they show the a guy, Alex, or one of the guys from the first hang one. hanging out in the background. Right. Which, that kind of stacks with the other girl's Instagram photos, which I love that it's like, well, if you look closely, and that one is just like literally a guy right behind her hanging from the <laughs> yeah. rafters. Yeah. Like, you don't have to look that <laughs> close to figure some of this out. Well, no, two of them were like that because the other one was the oh, guy yeah, right behind you right in the in the wine rack. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean that that plays along with the the whole thing of you know you're you're not going to catch it on camera until you see the playback, or you're not going to see it while you're taking the photo. You're going to see it when the photos are printed, or which I assume, in this case posted. Were you guys looking for that at all when you watched it this time? What just looking for things in the background? The like those type of things that. Or oh, yeah. especially the one with her when he says, hey, I saw this one thing in the footage, her cameraman. Yeah. And it shows the person in the hallway. Did you notice if that was actually there or did they do another shot with it so that you wouldn't catch it the first time? And it had to be, it was creepier not having possibly noticed it at all. I don't think that. If I was looking and I didn't see it. Of, yeah, so I, was there, just, I don't think it was the right camera angle to see it. Yeah, so there were... A, Couple of the little ones, like I said, when they're, um, you know, when they broke their buddy system rule and that were ne- no one followed for some reason. No, Harvey, no, yeah, no, none of those people did well in kindergarten. Clearly, <laughs> uh, but no, they um, like there was a couple little small ones, uh, like the hands on the mannequin. I think they played it off so only the person who thought they saw it was at the appropriate angle to see it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh well, I had I had the camera down by my side, and when we weren't looking the same direction or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense, and that's kind of what I figured because I was watching the background a lot in this one, knowing the formula now. Like, where's where's the next shadow going to come from, and where's the next person going to move from? And you know, when they cut off lights, that as soon as they turn it back on, there's going to be something hanging out in the background. You know, got the. Uh, Especially Harvey's light tests and yes. fingers. You've got the fingers, the, the fingers over the shoulder. Too. Yeah, but we got that. Anyways, back back to the bonfire scene, yes. which is kind of where we... So we get to the, the first night of watching the crew hang out and interact, and they're at the bonfire, and somebody dares Jane. Uh, they start with the lead actor guy, who everybody's ragging on the whole time. On the entire yeah. time? yeah. Well, he did think he was better than everybody because he did Shakespeare in the Park playing well, apparently played tree, tree with Amy Adams. number three. Yeah, with Amy Adams. I mean, to so be which, fair, which, if I was going to play with Amy Adams, I would tell everybody I wouldn't give a shit. What <laughs> does the role tree number three make you think of? I feel like think this Blood is a Fest. test. Oh, Bloodfest. Oh. <laughs> Topless girl number four. <laughs> I would kill for number three. Or was it whatever it was? Just that one upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> Every number means something. But yeah, they, they they start throwing around the dare about running down to the basement and you have to uh, boop the clown. Yeah, boop him on the nose. Yeah. Um, 
And that's and if, when. Of course, it's set up perfectly, like you said. They're playing with the clown earlier, so yep. she's, Jane treats it as a complete joke. She's yep. like, oh, yeah. Well, and when she gets down there, Blood Clown's back. Yeah. yeah. Our, our buddy clown is back. And, of course, he's looking the same way as all the other clowns. She gets down, kisses the middle guy, turns, and it's looking right at her. Well, that's, yeah. that's the well, point. Actually, no, she, we, we skipped something. She's doing the selfie with it. Yeah. So first, before she goes oh, down, yeah, you're right. she's, no. up, she's up at the landing at the top of the stairs, and she's doing the selfie view, saying, hey, I'm about to do this. Oh, yes. And right behind her is pretty much everyone that has died there previously, just standing there staring. Yeah. Like, yeah. not moving. Uh, she can't see it because yeah. she's got a handheld camera that she turns around to do a uh, portrait mode on herself. Yeah. And then turns it back around and goes down the stairs. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're darker too. So it's not, yeah. so yeah. Well, she again, they're ghosts. So they're not going to show up during live footage. They're going to show up in the playback because she's got right. it turned around when she does the uh, selfie with the clown. She was sexually harassing harassment. Yeah. And then the blood clown, his, is, his head has turned, which it's funny. They, they use that. Just his head turning in every one of these films, and it's always kind of creepy. Multiple yeah. times, and it gets me every yeah, time. Yeah, it doesn't really lose its its creep factor, which I mean, and I think why is because now we expect it, and when it happens, you're like, God damn it, yep, all right, I thought that's what was going to happen. And then this one, because the second one they used it to like block off some stuff, and this one it started kind of coming for her. Well, first, did you notice the head, as she was moving, the head was turning very slowly, Back. The, tracking the, her. The yeah. head, yeah, the head was tracking. And when she turned around, it was standing up. Yeah. And then you could hear it walking I like the her. crunch on the gravel. Yeah. yeah. And then you hear the footsteps upstairs kind of take it over. And that's when they come and... Yeah, that was... The, the gravel crunching, I was like, oh, man. That, yeah. I'll, Get her. I'll give it to, to Jane there. Get a little nervous there. Man, I got some... Goosebumps? Goosebumps, that's it. My but, uh, you I, think, know, I think the AC also just kicked on. So the, uh, I'm not scared. It's the AC. <laughs> <laughs> that, that cold air it gets me every time. Man, but I'll, <laughs> I'll say I was, uh, I wasn't really impressed with Jane at the beginning of the movie. But her genuine horror that that transition from, hey, here's my selfie, got it done, and then she sees the clown, and it's just yeah, the the goofiness. Terror swap was yeah. fantastic. You she can did, she did you can job. see what little color was in her face completely drain out of it. Yeah, she did great. That was which uh, I mean fantastic. I bet if you're in that moment filming something like that and you have a but, very very light crew, you're gonna get a little creeped out in those scenes, especially if you're telling yourself I'm this character doing this. Oh yeah, you'll, they'll, they'll cut. You're, you'll be like, you're, oh you're gonna my psych God, yourself I'm not gonna up. sleep tonight. And if as the actor, one hundred percent, I'd be wearing depends for that scene. <laughs> as the actor, you look up and you see the cameraman and the director, and the two other actors that are the only other people that could be in that clown suit. And, and then you realize, realize I've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> yeah, but the movie turns out good. Yeah, I mean that's that's why we got three of them so far. <laughs> so we have we have that whole section, and then you have the no one's the the win. Because essentially he's trying to protect everybody from what's befallen the last two crews and all those people that were doing dumb shit. Yeah. Yes. Which is, the, hence the buddy system and room checks and nobody about after, what, nine o'clock at night, maybe? After dark. They're not after allowed dark. in the house after dark, yeah. And no one stays there, that kind of thing. Yeah. Which, later, of course, they're all in the house after dark and doing the whole show after dark. 
Yeah, if if you gave that group of people a gremlin, I mean, the world would be overrun in days. Yeah, they would pee on it immediately just to see. <laughs> and um, none of them could give a worthwhile montage that wasn't pre-written for them. Or a, uh, sorry, monologue. Montage. Yeah. Um, That's when we notice the smell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think it's old. I think after this is where we have the makeup gal having the conversation with Gregory, the main actor, where she's doing his powder. Oh, yeah, they're up on the balcony. Yeah. And then they go. Leave the she, camera. Of course. And then when she comes out, Sarah's standing there, dead, and gives her the little come hither finger, which, yeah, of course she just follows it. She doesn't run out back on the balcony and jump off the balcony and run away. She's like, yeah, sure. Goes in, and we have uh, one of probably Taylor's favorite scenes, uh, someone in a sheet on the bed, <laughs> just hanging out, real quiet-like, and then the lights cut, and they're gone. Do we have... Do we have? And then, like, they cut to the corner, and she's in the corner. That's right, yeah. Door closes on her. She's she in that spot. A, yeah. The, she finally gets out of the room, drops the camera, takes off, and that's when they're... And she doesn't come back. Yeah. Unlike our, our actress. Well the, well, the actress was given get, double pay to stick around. Um, the the makeup artist, she was offered double pay. And said, But no. she was smart and just said, nope, I'm out of here. I'm going to go home and have uh, PTSD the rest of my life. Thank you very much. Then we had the Children's Theater in Alabama line. Yeah. Um, and that's <laughs> right after that is when they talk. Isabella was the makeup gal's name. Yes. Yeah. And they show all of her posts on social media. Which again. So, so, some hidden in the background, some very blatant. Well, like the the wine rack one, he's obviously there. But if you don't know who he is, I could see not getting it. But the other ones are very obviously somebody hanging. So, somebody dangling from the rafters. Yeah, there's, there's horrible things the neck. happening in the background of these other ones that yeah. are, are pretty much what I have on my feed on Instagram. And then we have the second heaven walkthrough where... I did like that it was a different setup than we've seen the other two movies. This was a new place to play with. Right. Um, it was white. You had the mannequins. You had the creepy-ass eyes. You had the hands. Um, well, they didn't have eyes except well, for the one. Well, the one turned, yeah. The one that turned. Um, well, it didn't really have eyes so much as black pits in the white plane of its face. It looked... Um, <laughs> don't worry, I'll erase that part. Um, <laughs> Good. He, never, then, he then, never does that when he uh, says, I'll cut that out. I, about half the time I do. <laughs> I just leave in the part where I say, I'm going to delete that. And then you, yeah, like this. And then she goes in the room and you, t- she turns around and you have the yeah. hand like, and, through the door kind of yeah, making its way. And that's when they s- she sees Sarah. Is that where she sees Sarah? Yeah. So she's, she's trying to back away from the mannequins and keeps like, no, Look no, at, she doesn't see Sarah. She she sees the other. She sees the it, no. Oh, the the uh, reporter. Not yeah, Sarah. I, I, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah the reporter. the investigative reporter from the second one. Yeah, yeah. Because I think right after that is when she goes to the hotel to confront Wynn and say, "Yeah, people are freaking out. Something's wrong." And he I, just says, eh, "It's fine. Don't worry about it." Yeah, as he's watching the tapes from. The second one. Yeah, the, the documentary the crew. second documentary for Hell House. And then I think from there we have the light test. Well, well no, before before she does any of that, she goes, 
and she talks to Russell Wynn and his COO and the other guy and Harvey. Yeah, and they just they just kind of stand there and let her gaslight herself basically. Yeah. It's yeah. just like not believing that she's seen what she saw. Because they just kind of stand there because Russell Russell is just like, "Well, no, let's let's listen to her. Let's let her talk." And he he makes himself sound very reasonable and then when she starts to talk, she's immediately questioning everything that she We did skip say. a critical scene from earlier on. Hit me. Uh, when they go talk to Father, what's his name, at the church. Oh, the first time? Yeah, so they go the first uh, time. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the first reintroduction of that piano tune. Like, oh, yeah, it's, you're it's, right. So, like, somebody's practicing yeah. organ, and then you get that tune coming through the organ about halfway through that conversation. Yeah, you, you are correct. The It's my new favorite song. I don't know what you all that, but yeah, that that song. My goal is still to figure out a way to make that play in your apartment <laughs> at like 5 a.m. or something. I'm already on my way to work, so go for it. At like 3 a.m. I might still be asleep, or I might not be home yet. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, I, with you, it's hard to find if, that if window. If I hang out with this guy, I'm there, not you, home yet. <laughs> you haven't left for work. I, I don't know how you function, because you don't sleep. It's easier than Lots you think, Lots of really. coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Meth is amazing. <laughs> So yeah, then she goes to the hotel, confronts him. He said everything's fine. Stick to the plan kind of thing. And then they're doing the testing. Yeah, I'll see you at 8 a.m. tomorrow. Door slam. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, Just don't question me. Yeah. Do your job. Let me do my stuff. And the lighting test, we have the lamp, the desk light, dead person. Go to black. Red light, dead person a little closer. Cut to black. And then in that last black, you have the fingers, our little yeah. Tom Savini fingers on the neck, and he freaks the hell out. All the lights come back on. He's by himself. Yeah, all, all he's got is the light coming off the walkie or his phone or what the yeah, whatever, monitor maybe. And I think that's the same time we also have um, the COO walk down the hall and Gregory's in the dining room talking to someone. They, it's yeah, it's they, right after that. I think yeah. it cuts to that. Yeah. Because they're walking and talking, and then he hears him in there talking to someone, they, and he stops, and he's like, hey. They pause around the corner just to see. And they don't, the camera never goes around the corner, so you can't see who he's talking to. And they're sitting there joking. They're like, oh, listen, he's talking, you know. Yeah, like, ha, 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 he's, he's, he's got a girl there. in there. Yeah. And then as soon as they walk in, they say something before they turn the corner, so Gregory's looking at them. He turns to look. And then when he turns around, he's like, hey, where'd she go? And mm-hmm. he pretty much describes Sarah. Well, because her voice got creepy because she was saying... Well, at the end, it was the same as two. That that last yeah. comment of yeah. nobody's like, leaving here or And then it wasn't it like, that. he's coming. Or it was like, no one's leaving here. You're all going down. Okay, yeah. yeah. One of those. I talked about that for a little while. Um, again, they're all like, yeah, that's fine, I guess, and continue with what they're doing. And then we have, before opening night, is the bar sequence, which is the same bar as two. Did they have in the first one? What? No, they did not have bar? the bar in the first one. I don't think. I didn't think so. They did not. They show the diner in the first one, but that's it. Yeah, no, because in the first one they all get together and they drink in the hotel, but they don't actually go. Yeah. yeah. Off site. Which I did wonder when they were all broke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did wonder when uh, they had the bar thing and Wynn came in. Who's supposed to be a billionaire? Couldn't get them to make him a pizza, but also they had like dinner rolls. On the table, and it was like three of them. If they're like, 
this is where we're going to cut costs. We're not going to have food. We're just going to give each of you a dinner roll, and that's what you're going to eat during your sequence, but you're not even going to eat it. You're just going to hold it up and then be like, oh, yeah, and take it away from your mouth, whereas the past few, they've had beer and they've had food on the tables. Like we well, were- everybody was drinking. He, did, he didn't get his uh, mid-'80s Chateau yeah. Red. Which is a travesty, <laughs> if you ask me. It is. He, he took the $4 house red. House, yeah. Didn't even want the, the win. His own wine because it was overpriced. Yeah, too overpriced. And that's also we have the scene where she what was the girl's name that's the host of the show? Vanessa. Vanessa. Yeah. You said I'm way more confident the second time. I'm gonna take it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> chases <laughs> him down. I was, I was gonna key. say yeah, no matter what you said too. <laughs> Frederick, yeah, that's the one. Um, probably Gretchen. Chases him down and he whispers something to her. And we have no idea what it is. And then immediately from there, they go to the church again. Yeah, that's what that's what cues the second scene with uh, Padre there. But what's weird? What's weird about the scene where he's whispering to her, and I think they must have had this sort of thing in mind when they cast those two characters, is she she's not super short, but she's not very tall, and that guy is incredibly tall. So yeah. he's kind of leaning down with his hands, like it's they're they're in a weird position. He looked kind of like a praying mantis. With his hands resting on her shoulders, you know, like, like he's about to strike, and then he's whispering something in her ear, and then and then it's like it's weird because it's like that she she just stops for a minute. Well, right, this, she freezes. Yeah. yeah. Well, this was after the whole discussion of why you we're supposed to have all access backstage access, and well, you don't also, want us there on opening night. Yeah, and he says, "Don't come on opening night. Stay yeah. away." Watch the, watch the rehearsal. It'll be I've fine. I've got a plan. Yeah, the fact that he started saying, don't come on opening night, immediately you're like, okay, so he knows. That's not a red flag. He knows what's going to happen on some level. Yeah. And then we have opening night, which I did like. It went full circle. Hell House 1 started with the opening night. The line out there, they come out, they let everybody in. You have that long cut or that long shot of going through and then mm-hmm. shit going sideways. And this one ends with the long line and him coming out and doing a little monologue, and then you have the show to kind of close out the trilogy. Yeah. Um, yep. I thought that he, was... He, he was charismatic in that monologue there. Oh, yeah. He wanted some people. Yeah. He needed some souls. Um, I, thought that was, I thought that was a great way to round it out, you know. I also like the generic masks for the audience, so... It didn't matter who was in the background. It could be the other actors that were in the first two movies, and it you you don't know. So it's a great way to great way to save money and get in shape. Well, actually, uh, so th- that's part of that show that it's based on, right? What they do, and I, I remember when I, someone I was it, reading about this a while back. I can't remember the specific details. If it was is that it, they'd had a problem, or that they were st- structuring things to. Make sure that they would not have a problem with like cast members, t- or I'm sorry, with audience touching cast members, because the, you know they like these people are, are wearing masks, so you know some of them are just going to get inappropriate and like try and grab people and stuff. You feel like you have a uh, shield on if you're wearing a mask. Yeah, a bit. yeah. So I, I remember that being something that they were you know ta- discussing with the original show, which really doesn't have any bearing on this this movie. So um, great point. Yeah, <laughs> I just assumed it was so the. The ticket holders follow the show throughout the house. Right. And I guess I just assumed it was so there was no 
inter- not really interaction with the audience, but you're well, as an you're actor not getting the show. reaction, and you can stay focused yeah. on the other actors and not the expressions and everything else. Because I mean, like if you're on a stage in a play, you're you know all those stage lights. It's not like you can really see past the first or second yeah, row. Anyways, I, I thought the same thing when they were in uh, the dining room because they were all kind of clustered around them. Right. Like, even if you look up, you're not going to see someone like grinning or picking yeah, their nose or whatever. You're not going to see the reaction look, or right. They're, they're all identical, which I mean, it's it's kind of like uh, imagine them naked, you know. Yep. Which to that point gets us to the play. I would say Etsy version of what's the guy from Silicon Valley? Um, oh, that owns uh, house. Uh, <laughs> Ehrlich. Ehrlich. The, the character, yeah. Yeah, the that actor Ehrlich that comes. Bachman? Ehrlich Bachman, yeah. He comes, when he comes through the heaven <laughs> sorry, area. Ehrlich Bachman, the founder of Aviato. Oh, yes, the founder. And of this brain trust. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he owns 10% of Pied Piper. When he comes through the heaven thing with his, <laughs> uh, s- like, silk robe, that was my first thought. Like, ah, it's Ehrlich Bachman. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. And then you have the actual... Shit, sorry, the fan. You have blood clown in the winery for no reason whatsoever that everybody has to walk around. Well, that so that was a cool moment because you've got the first scene of the play and everything seems to be going really well. Right. But then as they're walking through the winery, someone screams. Yeah. And they're, so you, you cut back to um, the people in the control room, which are basically the management team under Russell. Yeah. Harvey and his new friend. <laughs> yeah, we don't know where she came That's from. not part of the show. Um, <laughs> But they're, they're watching, and then once the crowd clears a little bit, they can see on their camera that the blood clown is just standing there. Like, he's kind of looks like he's propped up against the wall. In the yeah. yeah. And then but, they also say, you know, what's that in 2C? And it kind of flashes, which we immediately knew was Tully. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's wearing the suit. He's bald and old and but they, very handsome. Like they, I mean, they play the clown thing off because it's the same thing they do in the others. It's... Yeah. He's right in the way of everybody. You got to walk past it. You got to get close to it. Yeah. It's one of those is he or isn't he things. Cheap and effective. effective. Yeah. yeah. And from there, I think my favorite scene in this movie is they go into, actually, okay, before we get to the my favorite, Duder, uh, Wynn does go up to check the room to see, and Tully pretty much says, it's almost time your part's done in this. You've brought them to me, essentially saying, hey, thanks for all these souls. I can throw in the lake of fire and we'll all go in together kind of thing. Actually, I think he says that verbatim. But after that, and then somebody comes in to check on him and there's no one there and he's just yeah, alone in the room. Yeah, this is COO. Um, Jesse, maybe. Sure. And we have the dining room sequence, which that was definitely my favorite part of this movie. When the two actors are at the table... Going back and forth, you have the audience around them with their masks on watching, and then Tully just strolls in, comes down to the table, and starts just bullshitting with them, and then when the camera cuts back from black, he's got his thumbs in the one guy's eyes. Well, because the power goes out. Oh, that's right, because it's out for 10 seconds at a time. Yeah. And his thumbs are all the way in his eyes, and blood is just exploding down his face. And then you have the freak out moment where everyone's trying to run away, and they don't. Well, like, what, what you miss there is that then, you, yeah, so as they're running, someone with a camera, for some reason, is like creeping down the stairs toward the basement, and you can see light yeah. down there that looks that, kind of a fiery light. That was Jesse's GoPro, the COO. 
He was trying to get people out. He's like, this is not part of the show. Let's go get out. Oh, yeah, because that was at the end. And, okay, yeah, and he's trying to clear, well, no, make sure he clears the house. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then as he turns... Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, when the, all the uh, the cultists come yeah, out. They're all, yeah, they're all coming like out of the gate from the, from hell or wherever, they, wherever they've been hiding, their little pocket dimension. Yeah, it's pretty much the fifth Harry Potter movie. Yeah. All those wizards. And they come out and start stabbing everyone, and... That's probably the worst thing they did. They took way too much time on the stabbing when it just started looking goofy after a minute. Uh, especially the girl that got her throat cut. She's just going, ah, ah, ah. It's like, bitch, you can't took, do that. Your throat's cut. Took her a really long that. time to die. The key part of that they whole thing. I did like the Lazy long. Susan, though. That, that was effective. So the, the oh, key yeah, part when they set the camera down on it. Mm-hmm. Before you even get to that, though, is you see that not only are the cultists killing people in the house, but they're starting to spill out of the house. Like, you know, like the gate one. has been opened. It's loosened. You, you know, you got one that's diving into a car to get somebody. Yeah. Um, when you have that overhead drone shot, you've got like two of them running off in the parking lot after people. Yeah, emergency services are pulling up. Uh, you know, it's pure pandemonium. Dogs and cats are living together in harmony. It's Horses like, eating each other. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And then you have the Lazy Susan is like four or five shots because it eventually shows the cultist leave, and she comes up, and you see... Tully's in the corner. Tully over there. Please describe what you mean by Lazy Susan. Ah, uh, yes. So if you're not familiar, Lazy Susan is a really racist term for a small table on a rotary piece that spins. You know, like if you go to an old-school restaurant, and you want the salt, but you're too lazy to toss it to someone, you put it on a Lazy Susan and spin it so that the person that wants the salt can have it. Is that good enough? That makes that sense. And that was the uh, bartender's favorite piece there. Which I did wonder why they did the, with the bartender. I, I yeah. was like, that's a weird thing to do. But I just figured they were trying to kill time. Yeah, like, The movie's only 27 minutes. We got to do something. <laughs> we got to stretch this stuff out. Because <laughs> she's like, can you turn that off? It's making too much noise. He's like, I guess. Like, he was really bummed about it for some reason. Th- that was the only cool part of his job. <laughs> yeah. I've got an automatic Susan. She's not so lazy. And uh, then she goes to the basement, right? Is that where we're at? She she crawls over and is not really sure where to go. And she gets grabbed and dragged. Yeah, they take her to oh, the basement. They, yeah, they what grab the her. does. And then he shoves her up against the wall. And Tully's standing there. Um, but the other cultist oh, shoves Tully her against cuts the her throat, wall. Doesn't cuts he? Her throat, yeah. yeah, that's what it is. He's, Tully cuts her throat. And then as soon as she's dead... You have Wynn come in and Wynn coming in hot. Yeah. And he yeah, thought of that as soon as he won. Closes, closes the gate. Because he's an angel or something like that. Yeah. And, and at this point, you know, they don't, they don't actually explain it. But my what, what I think happened, why I think he went about things the way he did, is that in the first film, what was needed in order to open it was a catalyst. They needed a lot of people in there and for bad things to happen with this large group. Which, so did you mention already that he was seen in the found footage twice with both other Hell House? No, not yet. Um, so that, that, that was, but so when, um, anyway. uh, what was the guy, the, the guy that ran the, uh, ran Hell House in the first one? Alex. Alex, yeah. He was tricked into creating the situation that opened the gate. And then throughout the second one, you know, everything's active. 
more bad things are happening. It's fueling the fire. Um, and then in the third one, that's what you get for bringing um, in a psychic. Yeah. <laughs> Tully thinks that Wynn has been manipulated into bringing that last group that's needed to um, truly op- like open it wide. But what he's actually doing is Go he's bringing on. them in there as bait <laughs> to get Tully and his people right. to basically reve- to to come forward and reveal themselves so that he can shut the gate. That, yeah. That's that's my take on it. Uh, oh, that's that's exactly what I think yeah. it is. It's it's a Cincinnati swap. Yeah. So he he shuts the gate and then he somehow uh, uses his uh, his angel powers or whatever to save everyone that's been murdered horrifically in this house and put them in the cornfield out, out behind it. Saved by the corn. Yeah. Just uh, like the pilgrims. So then, and, and there's a little conversation between a couple of the people that survive. Sorry. They, they all recall dying, and how did we end up out yeah, here? I thought I was dead. Oh, you were. Which is funny because, um, you know, Russell Wynn said early on, he said, nobody's going to get hurt. And I think that's what he intended and what he thinks happened, but all these people are going to have psychological trauma. Oh, yeah, they're all broken from the inside. There are going to be a lot of suicides. They're going to hell no matter what after that. (laughs) Well, no, they're not going to be able to get in. The door's door's locked. Um, It's always another door. But they can go to to the Abaddon. Um, Not anymore. It's burned down. Burned down. Well, the, the metaphysical one. Ah, oh, yes, of course. Yeah, go hang out with Alex and Beetlejuice Hotel. At the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I did like that final group scene of where, you know, their effects guy or camera guy gets up and he's like, oh, man, I don't know what happened. I feel better now, but. The one that cut and, his own throat at the very yeah, end. Yeah, he slit of the first his own throat. Movie. Yeah. But they're all, you know, they, they have that collective, eh, maybe this wasn't the best idea. Let's get the hell out of here. Well, then when we're going back to up, New York or Angel or whatever, when was which let's go back to that for a real quick second. As soon as they said he died in the car crash. Only two minutes. My thought was he made a deal with the devil to bring him there and you were going to have that repeat of the other two movies. That's what you're that, supposed to think. That was the yeah. old switcheroo. Yep. And you're doing the play, which is Faust, Faust the, making the a deal with devil, the devil trying to tempt him. So I did like that they kind of turned that around, which you never really know because the priest says the only thing that can do it is an angel sent down from God himself. So either he was, that's not when in that body, you know, it's an angel inhabiting it or God was like, hey, here you go. Here's some magic God power. He's been deputized. Yeah. Ah, I like that even better. Yeah. By the RIPD. Oh, wow. It's like the boondock saints of Satan holes. And that was... Uh, so when I remember the first time I watched this movie, they go back and talk to the priest for the second time, and they're talking about, oh, well, as of midnight, he's liquidated all of his assets. That was the first hint I had that, okay, maybe he didn't make a deal with the devil. Maybe he's trying to do, maybe he's trying to do something positive. Which, to me, that furthered my deal with the devil because I thought, oh, I got to try and make right for, yeah. you know, that was his way of making it right. I could see that. Um, that was my first thought. But what... It was that combined, uh, and then thinking back to the package from the priest, yeah. it's like okay, something. You know, I, I bet so it was, something's not falling in line. I bet it was a cod piece. I bet that's what the priest gave him. I mean, you got to have your armor and shield to fight the devil. Yeah, if you're gonna break a beer bottle on your crotch, you need a cod piece. But you know, yes, you could look at it at it from a different angle. Like Sounds yes, like you speak from experience. He's liquidating his assets to give it to charity, which is good, but if you were to balance the good and the bad, 
what's the negative impact of this guy who is the um, clearly owner of a massive media group selling all of his stock, probably tanking the stock price due to doing so, well, he, causing people to lose confidence. He said he he said he got rid of everything because his COO got really mad when that news piece came out. And he's like, no, 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 I didn't liquidate any of my shares here. This is the only well, one I kept. Well, no, no, he kept like the small things, but the big stuff. So like most of his media group, he would have gotten rid of. That, that's what it was causing. Yeah, like he kept yeah. enough to pay all the people that were working for him at that yeah. time. Like the little, little artsy things are what he kept, but the, the big yeah. stuff, the big money makers, he got rid of. So. I hope that priest donates some of it to uh to trauma counseling and PTSD counseling. Right. Yeah, he's in for a lot of uh visits. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, is he the one you want to talk to? Because you're sitting there spilling your guts to him, and then you stop and say, "Wait a minute, you didn't you know this was going Yeah, what did you think was happening? <laughs> you you let me go in there because he wouldn't he wouldn't say a lot, so he must have known something. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was pretty blatant at that point. It's it's her fault for going in. He told her, maybe don't come on opening night. She's like, no, screw you. We'll be there. I need to see it. So anyway, back to the Beetlejuice piece where they can't get out of the hotel. The original crew is in there kind of trapped because I guess they were responsible for reopening. The the catalyst for, That was like a purgatory for them, I'm guessing. Yep. And then you have Wynn in the background. Wynn walks around. Nobody's you, going anywhere. You you did this. This was your your fault to well uh, Alex. Things well he's yeah to Alex because it it's Alex totally is the Alex way to deal is, with is, totally yeah. yeah. And then he walks off and just it looked like he just kind of disappeared when Sarah went looking for him around the corner and he she's like yeah well, all right because he's gone. And then they go to the bar for a drink. That I mean if you're go down to the Winchester dead, wait it out. Yeah yeah. It's not like you're <laughs> wait get for liver this cancer. to blow over. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Uh, that's pretty much the movie. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I think like you said, Rob, it's um, definitely on the weaker end of the of the trilogy, but it wrapped things up, or it, it wraps things up um, sufficiently that, you know, all, I think all of the loose ends are tied. Got a nice um, little bow on top. Yeah. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, and, it, and it had some, you know, as we, as we said, it had some good little jump scares and, you know, kept some of the magic from the first ones. Yeah, the, the I think the scares in this one was really the only thing that was done on the same level as the rest of it. Yeah. Because they changed enough that it wasn't just another, you know. Wasn't a duplicate of the first two. Yeah, it wasn't a copy-paste deal. Yeah. Um, and then you had the camera shutters and stuff like that. And you also had. You got the, the cutaway it. or the cutbacks that were. Yeah, the same. So they they used all the same stuff and the. Same effects that were effective yeah. in the first one. And, and some of them were, even though you said they didn't copy-paste for this movie, they literally copy-pasted. Oh, yeah, some of them were. A dozen uh, of those, and it was still the same jump scare on some of them. Yeah, and had the same feel. Still worked. But like, Felt like I was back watching the first one and scared once again. Like Sarah in this one, when the uh, when Stephanie, uh, the, Isabel, sees her, she's not... Right in front of her, coming at her. She's hanging out in the hallway, like, motioning to her. So it's creepy, but it's not that boom-in-your-face creepy right. like we had multiple times in the other ones. Yeah, I mean, I, I still like it. And I also, I wonder why the people from 2 were not trapped in the Beetlejuice Hotel either, but maybe they were because they released. Were, well, they weren't. Uh, I mean, I could... 
see the psychic. I could see there being cause for the psychic there because he came and kind of provoked. But they were they were just following up on the Hell House crew and all that yeah. other stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of why I was saying if they were they were responsible, then it's why they get put in that purgatory right thing. I think that's it. You got anything else? No, I was sorry. I got kind of distracted. I was looking to see if I could find where I could buy the uh, clown mask for the. You can't see this, but he's on grinder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, can you actually buy that? Uh, well, I found. I'll take two. Someone made one on Etsy, and there's only one left. It's two hundred twenty-five dollars. Oh, we could make one for less than that. Yeah, it's pretty pretty good. Oh, it does look good though. Oh yeah. wow, yeah, it looks really good. Um, but yeah, we probably could make one. Oh, well, you could. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we can. We can. I'm pretty sure you already have all the supplies out and ready to go. Uh, yes. Actually, <laughs> let's. I want to do that because I think I might want to do that for uh, for Halloween. Son of a. And, yes. But if if I do that, then I need to show up at your house like before other people are there and just be out front, <laughs> at, like a prop, since you always have lots of props. I, I'll, I'll have all the other ones out there with you. Yes. And then you just uh, just sit down and turn your out. head. <laughs> Actually, I really just want to wait till Shay's walking by and, you know, reach it, out. It has to be Shay. <laughs> yeah. He's so scared of clowns. I had the other one Oh, out I there forgot he was that scared year, of clowns. And I watched him coming up, and he, like, looked at it and kind of walked around it wide, and he punched it in the face. He's like, Meh. like, dude, look at it. It's just cloth and metal and a little bit of noise. But he's so terrified of them that he just... It's, it gets angry. Yeah, I just I don't so want you to punch me in the face. So I might you guys should have taken him in the clown hotel outside of Vegas. I mentioned it. He <laughs> did not love the idea. See, that's where comes in. All right, we're gonna get back to that later. Uh, <laughs> it's a different conversation. Yeah, let's 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 cut that piece. <laughs> <laughs> that's for Charles. Touche. <laughs> don't know if it's better or worse. Anyway, <laughs> Hell House Three, the trifecta. Pretty, pretty decent. Watch them all. Definitely uh, the weakest, but it gives you the full picture. It gives you the full circle vision of what they were, I assume, trying to do. And finally, a possibly happy ending, maybe. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely worth four and a half hours of your time to watch all three. To watch all of them, yeah. It's two episodes of Stranger Things. And it's kind of cool <laughs> that they bring back, we didn't really mention this, but that they bring back a lot of the cast members from the earlier ones with their little... Ghost cameos, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody from the first one at the end. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which we talked about for the second one. They brought back a few people, not everybody. But this one brought back kind of, it was the, the gang's all here for that last little bit, which I did enjoy. Anything else, Ryan? Nope. Watch it. It's great. I concur. All right. Well, that's Hell House 3. You know, listen to our podcast. Tell people we don't want to real work real jobs. Are we recording?